You know, I feel like the, the words of that song were, were meant to encourage some of you guys here this morning, whether you're inside, outside, or watching online. I, I feel like you're probably just feeling under attack and you're feeling just burdened. And, and I, I just want you to hear that message that God is with you and that God is for you. And that may be the message that you needed to hear today. Um, we're going to wrap up this mini-series that we've been in. We began by talking about healthy uh, singleness, and then we talked about healthy friendships, and this morning we're going to talk about healthy families. And, and Sutton opened it up um, by making a couple really important points, I think, with regard to singleness. And he said that singleness is a good gift from God that needs to be celebrated. Singleness is a good gift from God that needs to be celebrated, and for far too long, far too often, we have made marriage an idol, especially in the church. And then another point that he made with regard to singleness is that this call to singleness is not a call to loneliness. The call to singleness is not a call to loneliness. And that's what led me to talk about um, what healthy friendships can and should look like this uh, past week. And then this week, we're going to talk about healthy families and, and just how God desires us to have healthy families, that he is for us and that he is with us to that and now, um, I'm thankful that we're not talking about perfect families because I have yet to um, really see a perfect family, and I certainly do not come from a perfect family nor lead a perfect family. That's probably because of me, you know, because I am imperfect. But um, we still want to look at, at what is God's desire because I believe he wants to have healthy families. He wants all of us to be Healthy families. So to do this, we're going to go to the scriptures. We're going to look at Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to begin at verse 21, and we're going to continue on to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4. So if you want to turn, if you've got a Bible, you can turn there with me, or you can look on the screen and, and read uh, along with me. But beginning at verse 21, it says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does for the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Whew. 
Like, there is so much in those verses. Um, We could spend weeks just unpacking this, and maybe we will down the road. But for today, um, I I want you to to hear and and to grasp some important nuggets here that you can take and you can apply to your lives in the meantime. Um, Even if you've never read these scriptures before, these verses, I guarantee you, that uh, you probably heard some of these quoted before, and probably out of context, out of context. For instance, um, look at the second part of verse 24. I bet you this is familiar to most people here, whether you um, have read it in the Bible or not, but you probably heard this. It says, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Anybody heard that before, before you're ever going to church or reading? Women, like, how does that make you feel when you hear that? Like, does that just make joy well up within you when you are told to submit to your husbands like that? I'm, I'm afraid that men have abused this passage and took it, taken it out of context for hundreds, if not thousands of years. And they've used it to oppress women. They, they, they've taken it out of context and they're using it for their own self-serving purposes. And this word submission has become kind of a dirty word, hasn't it? Like when, when you hear that, you, you just kind of push against it. Well, what I want to do this morning, at least my hope, my desire, is that you see that, that submission in this context, it, it's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. It's something to be embraced, not to be repelled. Now, um, guys, this is, I'm going to apologize to the men here right now because I'm going to hammer you. Um, and I don't want you to be prepared for that, you know, because if, if you listened to this passage that I was reading, it had a lot to do with the men's role, didn't it? It talked a lot about the role and the responsibility of men. And so I want you guys to hear this. I want you to have open minds and open hearts. And, and women, I want you to have open minds and open hearts as well. Because we all have a role and we all have a responsibility. And we need to embrace and celebrate those different roles and those different responsibilities. Now, um, with that said, I believe there's order to this, that God is a, a God of order. And, and he lays out the best plan for us to have healthy families, and I begin, I believe it begins with a, a healthy man, with healthy um, men who are healthy followers or disciples of Jesus, and, and then from there, it, it goes from being healthy followers to being healthy husbands, and healthy husbands become healthy fathers, and healthy fathers, well, they lead to healthy families. And again, and I say this not to um, diminish the role or the responsibility of women, But I want the men to understand the incredibly important role that God has for you. If you want a healthy family, it it really begins with us men. And so hear that. Look at verse 25, and, and I think this makes my point. It says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now, notice that Jesus is the focal point of this passage, of this command. And it says, husbands, we're called to love our wives like Christ loved the church. And how did he love the church? And we are the church's followers. How did he demonstrate his love to us? 
Well, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He demonstrates his love for us by giving himself up for us. And here's the interesting thing. Jesus didn't have to to leave heaven. I mean, he was in a a perfect place. He was in this perfect union with God the Father and, and God the Holy Spirit. He had fellowship with these faithful angels. He didn't need to step out of heaven and come to earth. But because of his incredible love for us, his church, his people, those who were created in his image, he chose to submit himself to us. The creator chose to submit to his creation, knowing full well that we would not embrace him readily, but that we would abuse him. And yet knowing that, he submitted himself to us out of love for us. And he calls us to do the same for others, especially husbands and wives. Now, Uh, Again, I believe it begins with a husband. Healthy husbands have a healthy relationship with Jesus. They know firsthand the love of Jesus. And because they have this healthy relationship with Jesus, they have his spirit living within them. And with that, um, they spend time with Jesus in prayer. They spend time with Jesus in his word. They allow Jesus to transform them more and more into the image of Jesus. And they ask for him to guide them throughout their day. That's the sign of a healthy man. It begins with that relationship with Jesus. And it looks like husbands, um, you know, becoming these disciples, these followers of Jesus, that, that we become men who live, love, and lead like Jesus because those are the trademarks of a true disciple. It, it looks like us submitting our will, our desires to our wives. To our wives. That's, that's what it refers to in verse 25. It, it looks like husbands washing our wives with the word of God. That, that means speaking God's word over our wives. Praying God's word over our wives. It means living God's word for our wives. That's what it looks like. That's that's verse 26. Then it looks like husbands one day presenting our wives to God. More beautiful than they were when we first met them. It it talks about specifically how, how we're to present them to God as radiant without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, holy and blameless. That's our role. That's our responsibility as men, as husbands. Do you feel the weight of that, men? Do you feel the weight of that? That is what God is calling you to do. That's who he's calling you to be. You should feel the weight of that. You have a great, great responsibility. Now, um, again, I don't say this to diminish the the role or the responsibility of the women. God calls women to be godly as well. And and it begins with healthy wives. And healthy wives have a relationship with Jesus as well. They have experienced firsthand the love of Jesus. As such, they have the Holy Spirit living within them. They, They spend time. They spend time with Jesus in prayer. They spend time with Jesus in his word. They invite and allow him to transform them, 
transform them more and more into the image of Jesus. And they ask him to guide them through their day. That's a sign of a healthy woman and a healthy wife. And what we see is that they are, they are living and loving and leading like Jesus because those are the trademarks, the trademarks of a true disciple of Jesus. The way that often looks is um, wives submitting to the role and the responsibility that God has placed upon their husband. And that's what we see in, in verse 22. The way that looks is, is wives becoming one with their husbands, one in body, but also one in spirit and one in purpose. That's what we see in verse 31. The, what, the way it looks is, is wives respecting, respecting their husband's role, the God-given role that they have to be the spiritual leaders of the household. It, it, it looks like wives encouraging them helping them, telling them, you can do this. Even when they feel, the man feels the weight of that spiritual mantle on themselves and, and, and they don't feel like they can do this and, and they want to just lay that down. Wives, it, it looks like you encouraging them, no, you can do it. Continue to carry that mantle. I will help you. I will help you. That's what we see taking place in verse 33. See, if we want to have Healthy families, we've got to have healthy marriages, healthy men, healthy women who have this relationship with Jesus. That's where it's got to begin. Now, in Ephesians chapter 6, it begins to describe what, what a healthy family looks like. And it specifically focuses in on the children. It says, children, you need to obey your parents. So we've got some of the children in here now. Some of you guys are, are out back too. You need to obey your, your, your parents because that's right. It's good. And it, and it talks about why you need to do that. And it gives us a promise. If you look at verse 3, it says, um, you need to do this to honor your father and your mother so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. You may enjoy long life on earth. See, God is a God of order. God is a God of order. And he wants you to be part of a healthy family. But somebody has to be in charge. And, and I liken that to the military, right? So some of you guys have served in the military, and for that we thank you for your service. Um, but you know the importance of following orders, right? Um, that if, if soldiers don't obey the orders of, of their officers, then what ensues? You, you've got chaos, right? You've, you've got outward rebellion. You have, have people doing whatever seems right in their own eyes, and then there, there's, there's wounds that come from that, even the loss of unnecessary life. Well, I think the same thing happens within families when we don't follow the order that God has established, that God has established parents to be in charge of children, and specifically that fathers have this role and responsibility to be the spiritual leaders of the household. Now, um, that's a lot. That's a lot that God expects of us. Healthy fathers, I believe, lead to healthy families. And again, verse 4 says this. It says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Now, notice something here. It doesn't say mothers. 
It, it says fathers, but it does not say mothers. It says fathers. Fathers, we are commanded by God to train and instruct our children about the ways of God. That is a role and responsibility that first and foremost is upon the fathers, not upon the mothers. And we seem to have gotten that quite wrong over the years, haven't we? We've looked to the mothers to carry that responsibility. Ultimately, it is the responsibility of the father. And um, <clears throat> what it's, it's calling us to is, is to disciple our children. So, so men, fathers, um, we're called to disciple our children. But it's difficult to disciple a child to help them to live and, and lead and, and love like Jesus if you're not living and loving and leading like Jesus. Because they're watching you and they're going to model their lives after yours. <clears throat> it's hard to make disciples if you're not first a disciple yourself. Now, um, fathers, if you're like me, we tend to default to disciplining instead of discipling. If you're like me, um, I, I know this is my issue. I tend to default to disciplining instead of discipling. And a lot of times I think that happens because we're just tired, right? Like we're tired and, and maybe we're lazy and, <clears throat> you know, we... We just want our children to obey. You, you know, would you just obey? And we have, have good motives. We have a good heart behind that. We know it's going to go better for them if they'll just obey. But oftentimes we fail to explain to them why it's important that they obey. And as a result, we, result, as a result, we, we defer from discipling to disciplining. And, and here's how it often plays out if... if um, you're in my house, you might hear a lot of shouting instructions <clears throat> from me to my children instead of just calmly instructing them. And so when I'm shouting those instructions, it tends to exasperate my children, like it talks about in verse 4. And so when I shout, guess what they do? They shout back, to which I shout louder. Right, And then all of a sudden, there's a lot of shouting going on in the household to the point where we're all getting a little exasperated with one another. And before you know it, I result to disciplining instead of discipling. And I'll say something like, all right, well, there is no more TV or, or devices or screen time for the next week. And then I'm like, oh, what did I just do? <clears throat> like I didn't think about the discipline. And like the discipline doesn't really fit the situation. But I've said it. So now what I do, how do I take that back? Because if I just ignore it, then, you know, who am I? Am I a man of my word? And they'll just start ignoring me anytime I, I threaten something, right? But the tendency is to default to disciplining instead of discipling. And as I look back over the time that I've been a father, I, I see so many examples where I should have done a better job of discipling my children. For instance, I, I should have taken the time to instruct them and, and teach them that, that making a treehouse out of boogie boards is not a good idea. A boogie board will not support your weight way up in a tree. That, I should have discipled them that way. I didn't. I failed. And then 
they suffered the consequences. The, uh, you know, I should have taken the time to disciple my children and to teach them, you know, going down a steep hill into oncoming traffic with a bike with no brakes, not wise, not wise at all. Or, or teaching them at an early age, do not flush your little action figures down the toilet. It will not go well for any of us. It will not go well. Or, or in, in discipling them as with regard to how to deal with conflict. I, I should have done a better job at that and, and taught them. You know, hitting your brother over the face with a monkey is not the best way to deal with conflict. You know, there are so many things that I look back over my life and I'm thinking, if only I had discipled them better, then I wouldn't end up disciplining them so much. And I bet you can think of times that if only you had spent more time discipling, you would have spent less time disciplining I think that's what we're called to as parents and specifically as fathers. Now, healthy families are not easy to come by. They are not easy to come by. And and I want to say something to um, some of the single moms in here and even the single dads. Um, To the spiritually single moms in here, those would be moms or spiritually single dads. They're they're folks that are, are married and maybe have a spouse, maybe there's a father or a mother in the picture, but they're not followers of Jesus. They're not loving Jesus or in relationship with him. And so they're not fulfilling their role, their God-given role and responsibility. I want to encourage you all that you can still have a healthy family. You can still have a healthy family, but it's going to be hard. It's going to be harder because you're trying to fulfill roles and responsibilities that weren't meant for you to fulfill. There's order. God intended for there to be a husband who's in relationship with him and understands what it is to submit to Jesus and to submit to his spouse and to have a wife who knows what it is to be in relationship with Jesus, to submit to him and to submit to her spouse and for them to be working together to become healthy parents as a result of having a healthy marriage so that then there would be a healthy family. And so if you're at this by yourself, don't give up. Don't hear that, that you can't have a healthy family. But no, you're going to need some help. Like you are not meant to carry all this alone. So that's part of our role as the church. If somebody is lacking a, a, a husband or a spiritual husband in their family, we need to come alongside of them and help them. And if somebody's lacking a a wife or a spiritual wife, then then we need to come alongside of them and try and fill that gap. That's part of being the body of Christ. Okay, so I want you to be encouraged and not just feel like there's no chance. There's always hope in Jesus. Now, I want to give you a couple warnings. A couple warnings. Parents, you need to hear this. Um, Even if you're not a parent, if you're in a relationship, you need to hear this. Here's the first warning. If you're neglecting your uh, personal relationship with Jesus, then your marriage and family are in danger. If you are neglecting your personal relationship with Jesus, then your marriage and your family are in danger. Here's a second warning. If you are neglecting your marriage for the sake of your children, your marriage and family are in danger. Your marriage and family are in danger. Here's what you need to hear. Um, Your children are not first. They should not be first in your life. And we have become a child-centric society. 
Children should not be first. Your relationship with Jesus should be first. Your relationship with your spouse, if you're married, should be second. And your, your relationship with your children should be third. They should not be thir- first. And they should hear that from you. Because too often they think the world revolves around them. Because you have demonstrated this. You have modeled that for them. And they need to know, no, mommy and daddy come before you. Our marriage is more important than you. And really, it's a tremendous gift that we offer you. If we have a healthy marriage, then you'll be part of a healthy family. That's how it works. So if your children are whining and complaining and throwing a fit because you guys are trying to go out on your own for a date, um, you need to do a couple things. Um, Let's just start with discipling. And you need to disciple them. And you need to explain to them why this is important. And if they don't get it, you may need to discipline them. But healthy individuals lead to healthy marriages, which lead to healthy parents, which ultimately lead to healthy families. And that's the goal. Now, I also think it's important that we all understand what the end goal truly is for healthy families. And I'm going to direct this at parents, but some of you children here, you need to know this as well. So parents, your greatest responsibility and goal in life is not for your child to become a great athlete, a great dancer, or even a great student. That is not your greatest responsibility or your greatest goal. Your, your greatest goal should not be, or your, your greatest achievement in life should not be that your child got a scholarship to college, that your, your child landed this, this really awesome, high-paying job, or that your child you know, ended up finding a spouse and getting married and having a family of their own. That is not your greatest accomplishment, and that will never be. I hope that is never your greatest accomplishment because your greatest goal, your greatest responsibility is this, that your children become disciples of Jesus Christ. That is your greatest responsibility and your greatest goal, that they become disciples of Jesus Christ. Christ. And that is not likely to happen if you are not a disciple of Jesus Christ. You will not be able to fulfill that responsibility and fulfill that goal if you aren't doing it. It's highly unlikely. Is it impossible? No, it's not, because all things are possible with and through Jesus. That's, that's the hope that we have. But your responsibility as parents is to make a disciple of your child. And just like we were singing that song, so that their blessings will come to your children and to your chil- their children and to their children. We want generations and generations and generations of followers of Jesus Christ. That's what it looks like to have healthy families. Now, um, discipleship also, it's important to, to realize that it's something that needs to be modeled. Discipleship is more than just coming to church on a Sunday morning when, um, you know, our schedule permits it. You know, when we don't have all these other things going on and then we come to church. That's not what it looks like to disciple our children. Um, it looks like a daily rhythm, a daily rhythm of discipleship, moment by moment, day by day. Is anybody feeling like a little burdened right now? Like, have I made you feel terrible yet? Um, If so, 
I, I want you to embrace that for a moment because you cannot do what I'm calling you to do or more importantly, what God's calling you to do on your own. You need God's help and you need others. And so here's, here's something that I believe will help. I just started reading this book and uh, I think we got a picture of it up there. Habits of the Household, Practicing the Story of God in Everyday Family Rhythms. It's by Justin Early. Um, this is a solid book. It, it's good from a theological point of view, but it, it has excellent application for us. And I would encourage you to get this, to read it, and to begin to implement it in your lives. There's a couple quotes that I came across already that I think are worthy of sharing. Listen to this. Um, one of them says, we become our habits and our kids become us. We become our habits and our kids become us. What are your habits? Because that's probably what your kids are going to become. Uh, here's another one. Consider habits of the household as an effort to unite education and formation. Think about them as ways to align our heads and our hearts so we don't just know the right thing to do. We also love doing the right thing. Wouldn't that be great that your children not only know the right thing to do, but they love to do the right thing. Wouldn't that be great for you? Wouldn't you just be more than just knowing the right thing to do, but you love doing it? That's what can happen as we develop these healthy habits and rhythms to our lives. <clears throat> now, I don't want to shame anybody here, out back, or, or watching online. So I'm going to ask a question. Do not raise your hands, okay? Do not raise your hands. But how many of you um, wrote down the name of that book and planned to order it, planned to read it, and implement that in your lives? How many of you did that? Don't raise your hand. More importantly, how many men did it? How many men wrote down the name of that book and thought, I should order this, and I should read it, and Use it, implement it, because I am the spiritual leader. I am called to be the spiritual leader of my household. But I'm willing to bet most of you didn't, didn't pay much attention to it. Men, we have got to step up. We have to take that spiritual mantle of leadership, and we need to put it on our shoulders, and we need to start to carry it. Again, because for far too long, we have allowed the women in our lives to carry the spiritual mantle. We've abdicated our responsibility. We have not fulfilled the role that God has for us. And women, I, I just want to thank you because you guys have, for the most part, been carrying that mantle. You've been carrying that mantle when you should not have been. Now, I also want to encourage you to, to respect the role and the responsibility that God has given your men and to come alongside of them, and to be praying for them, to be encouraging them. Because most men here feel like, I am not able to carry that weight. I, I do not have the knowledge. I, I do not have the fortitude to be the spiritual leader of my household. And they need you to come alongside and to help them. And when they feel like they just want to lay it down, you say, no, pick it up. I, I've got you. You can do this. I will help you. Women, we need you desperately. If we want to be healthy families, we've got to have healthy marriages. And if we want to have healthy marriages, we've got to have a healthy relationship 
with Jesus. We can't do this alone. We need help. We need God's help, and we need each other's help. And so I just want to pray now and invite you into prayer that God would help us, that he would not only reveal to us what is right, but give us a love for doing what is right. So let's pray. Dear God, thanks so much. Thanks for, for your design for healthy families and, and why it may seem a little overwhelming and why it hasn't been practiced um, properly in, in its right context as you designed it and ordered it. Lord, we thank you. You're a God of redemption, that you can redeem and restore that, that there are new beginnings. Today is a new beginning. Tomorrow is a new beginning, that even though we have failed in the past, we can begin to just come back to what is right and true and to, first of all, embrace you and to spend time with you, to allow you to transform us, that we become healthy fathers, healthy mothers, or even if we're not married or, or parents yet, that we become healthy men and healthy women. Lord, that's where it begins. You are at the center of it all. So we ask that you would just move in power in our lives now in Jesus' name. Amen.